following is a presentation of Epic Esports Radio Network. Live from Oregon, broadcasting around the world, you're listening to the Coach's Corner Radio Show. Sit back as we provide in-depth analysis covering all your favorite sports. Football, baseball, soccer, there's not a sport that we don't cover. So step up to the play, get ready for a hit. We're putting on a show, and Coach Craven's hosting it. So without further ado, we proudly present to you, your host, Coach Brian Craven. Hello, all eSport nerds, simulation legion across this great nation and around the world. This is Coach's Corner, and I'm your host, Brian Craven. Welcome. Welcome back to the show. By the time you hear this, we will have completed week 11. The playoff picture will have clarified some. It may also have muddied some because we have a whole bushel full of teams sitting at five and five, threatening to go six and four. There's a couple of four and sixes. Only two teams are out, Portland and London. Rest in peace. You guys will be back next season. Denver's looking good, sitting there with one loss. Well, as of this recording, sitting there with one loss. They've got Vice Wars. Who knows how that goes? I got a root for my boy, Slim Shady, Frank the Franchise Wade, Otis Boudreaux, lots of good guys there. Nothing against Denver, nothing against Denver, but you got to pick a side sometimes, don't you? Sometimes you got to pick a side. We got a couple other teams. We got some big games happening. At this point in the season, if you're still in it, all the games are big, aren't they? So it should be interesting. And we will know a whole lot more. When, Like I said, when you're listening to this, awful lot of things have come clearer. And probably some things have gotten far less clear. <laughs> I think we may have people that don't know their fate until Cam gets done doing that voodoo that he does. Got a great show for you today. I got a friend of mine, Ross Napoli. Haven't talked to Ross in person in a while. We talk off and on as the season goes about, but he's been busy. I don't know if you know this, but Louisiana had a little bit of turmoil and they've had to rally and boy, have they done well. So we're gonna chat about that. No subject is off limits, but we'll see where that goes. I think it's gonna be a good show. So get yourself a smooth drink maybe a stogie if that's your style, settle in and step into the coach's lounge because we're going to have a chat. We are here with my good buddy, Ross Napoli. A little bit about Ross. He's the first ever draft pick for the San Jose flight. Pick number five, I believe. Was that, uh, that was your, that was your spot. Uh, yes, I know it was, it was before we could have got to you, uh, with hey. the Louisiana revolution. Uh, Knowing Ross, he's probably doing more even than he's told me about over there, but the guy does a lot. And playing defensive end, doing pretty well. I didn't get a chance to look up your stats, but we're going to talk about Stack Up and your uh, your charity a little bit so you can tell me how your stats are going. And uh, 
Yeah, I think you're going to enjoy it. Ross and I always have a good time. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about, and we're not afraid to bloody some noses if we need to. So, like I said in the intro, sit back with a smooth drink and maybe a stogie, and let's have a good time here. Step into the coach's lounge. How you doing, Ross? Good to have you back, man. I'm doing great, coach. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, so what did I leave out? What uh, what have you been doing with Louisiana that I don't know about? Uh, well, you know, I do a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with them. Uh, you know, I, I uh, prior to what we went through, obviously, this season, um, mm -hmm. you know, I was working very close with Gerald, uh, you know, try to learn as much as I can uh, about the game itself, and how progressions work and, you know, learning a lot from Jeff and, and Gerald mm -hmm. um, and just kind of really doing some scouting of players and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm happy to say that I had a, uh, a hand in um, our draft after I was brought on. Nice. And, uh, yeah. So, you know, that was real exciting because the uh, behind the scenes stuff, the analyzing the numbers, the builds, getting to know players, uh, you know, as, as you know, you and I sit and we talk and, you know, I'm a talker. So I love to get to know people and, and talk. And, you know, Gerald really liked that about me uh, from right off, right off the bat, you know, him and I spoke once or twice prior to the draft and nice. uh, we, we really hit it off. And um, as soon as I was drafted at number five, he said, uh, I want you to, you know, kind of give me your input on some of these guys coming in. What do you think here and there? And uh, I, you know, do not take credit away from Gerald and Jeff at all. They are the decision makers there. They, they have built a great team. I'm happy to be part of it, but uh, I did have some input and I'm, I'm really enjoying it there. I really am. Nice. Yeah. I, um, I was surprised how much, I don't know why, but I was surprised how much I enjoyed the, draft stuff you know i hey charles was the man and uh and dave axis uh was the man uh but the, the it was fun to be part of that it was fun to be at least in the room and know what we were doing uh, so yeah i can i can uh, definitely see how that'll be a lot of fun it it's funny isn't it? it's like we've got two different seasons you know because uh you've got your off season which is all of that and really good but then you just can't wait to get to the get to the the season and now we're already starting to think about the off season so <laughs> um have you guys i'm not asking you to give away anything but have you guys i assume you guys have started having conversations about who's going to resign and things like that you feeling pretty good about keeping you guys yeah yeah you know i mean uh, that's one of the things that uh I'm part of, uh, as well as Jeff, you know, mm -hmm. we, I think we work real well together. Um, we're in a unique situation, obviously, because we lost Gerald. So right. it's, um, we're kind of operating in a capacity where everyone's kind of gathering their own information. And, you know, uh, you know, Jeff and I and, and, and Mike Twinscrew, who, you know, we'll definitely talk about uh, because of, you know, his link with me here in Louisiana and bringing him into the minors on my coaching staff. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mike has done a phenomenal job stepping in as coach and Oh yeah. He has. He's, he's, he's done an unbelievable job. And so what the three of us try to do 
is kind of bounce things off of each other and reach out to the guys in the team and listen, it's, you know, winning is contagious, right? So sitting at eight and two after 10 games, we, uh, we definitely have the advantage of when we start talking to guys and saying, Hey, you want to come back and keep this going and what's your interest with the team? Right. Everybody's the, the morale is high because, you know, winning is great, right? That's what everybody wants to do. Good. Uh, that's good. Did you feel like the stuff with Gerald, I'm going to lose my glasses, so I'm just going to take them off. Um, did you feel like the stuff with Gerald uh, brought the team together a little bit, kind of made you all rally? It certainly uh, looked like it from the outside. Yeah, a couple of different ways, you know, because it was, you know, it's a, it's a weird thing, I guess, to go through, you know, and I can't speak for Gerald, you know, as far as what he was going through and, you know, with, you know, certain things with conversations between him and the league or what was going on. Obviously, we were not privy to everything that was going on at the time. Right. So it was kind of like once it was going to be handed down, what was going to happen? Um, I don't want to say we kind of scattered to get lines together. I mean, we did have a conversation prior and say, listen, if this happens, you know, Gerald, Gerald went about it. Uh, very organized, you know, mm -hmm. as he was getting led to believe what was going to happen. He was meeting with us saying, okay, listen, if this is what happens, I'm, you know, Jeff, I want you to do this. Russ, I want you to do this. Mike, this is what you're going to step up and do. And Gerald had a plan in place that he laid out to us um, so that there was a smooth transition. The negative thing about it is, is once it comes down and you're removed from the locker room, he didn't get the opportunity to speak with the players. Right. You know? So, you know, but everybody, you know, has their own opinion about the situation and there are plenty of different versions of it. And uh, I can tell you there are, many, there are many that float out there that are way off base. Right. Uh, and there are some people for take it as what it is. And, hey, everyone's entitled to their own opinion, you know, and it's sports, right? This is whether we're a sim league or not, you know, it's it, it adds to the intrigue, right? This is no different than, you know, what the Patriots go through from year in and year out. People trying to say – what was against the rules, what's not, what's unfair. Right. And the bottom line is you go out, you do your job every week. And, you know, the luxury that we have is the AI has total control, right? So, <laughs> you know, all you could do is your job and then we're all in the hands, you know, of, of the AI simulation. So, you know, yeah. it's a, you know, it's a, it's a tough situation, but I think the one thing that bothered Gerald out of all of this was not being able to tell the guys personally, you know, like, Hey, sure. I'm sorry that this happened, but we're, you know, we're going to get through this. And, you know, he's, a, he's a passionate guy. Ger Gerald and I have become very good friends from the draft, um, you know, all the way up until today. And, uh, you know, the guys know that he's, he's for real. And uh, I, I believe that our attention will be very good. Yeah. Yeah. I've had a little bit of contact with him outside of the league uh, since then. He, uh, I, I'm impressed. He's a stand-up guy, and yeah. uh, you know, and he uh, more than anyone else, I will say, uh, and, and no, this is no, I'm not blowing smoke. More than anyone else, he has been really helpful to Charles and I in figuring out some of the intricacies of building playbooks. Uh, you know, you mentioned the AI. 
the AI and I, if we ever meet in a dark alley, I'm going to kick the shit out of him. Um, uh, but I'm, I'm getting wise to his game, and a lot of it has to do with Gerald. Gerald was really helpful, um, and he gave me a couple of uh, key points uh, in talking to Charles, and Charles passed them on to me, that made the light bulb come on. And uh, frankly, we've seen it in our in our game results a little bit. Uh, last and you week, know, notwithstanding. And I'm and I'm glad you said that, you know, because it, like that's the truth, isn't it? Right? I mean, the guy is extremely knowledgeable about the game. Mm-hmm. So, look, it it shows, right? I mean, from yeah. his days in London, where. Yeah, they started winning when he was there. And, you know, it's no disrespect to anybody else. But when he's gone, and he's won more games this year than they've won probably total since he's been gone. I think it's not it's an attribute to what he knows. It's not a knock on them. It's it just shows him he went, he went to St. Louis they went six and six, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he brings them to the playoffs there. Mm-hmm. Now he moves on to Louisiana. We're sitting there. We, you know, we've been the number one seed in the playoffs for the past however many weeks up until our recent loss to a mm-hmm. great game against Fort Worth. It was a great game to watch. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the guy just knows, and it's great to hear from somebody else who coaches in the league and, you know, somebody else is there that says like, hey, you know, He's helped out, right? He tells you something about the game and you see the results based on what he said. And, you mm-hmm. know, that I think that speaks volumes about the type of guy that he is. It's not just his resume that he's laid out uh, with the no. multiple teams he's been with. But when he shares something with someone else, they see the results. And I think yeah. that's important. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it is. And uh, it's frankly, it's inspired me. Um, anybody that asks a question, you know, I tell them, I said, hey, I, I say, hey, uh, not by any stretch of imagination to master yet, but I have learned some things, and everything I've learned, I will tell you. I'm not gonna. If I, I don't care. If we know the same thing, I gotta. I just gotta beat you. I'm not gonna try and beat you by withholding something from you. So, so there you go. And yes, that was a shot at some people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I'll tell you what, if I ever do find the secret, I'm going to broadcast that sucker all the, all over the place. I'm going to let everyone know. It's open source, baby. Open that's source. It. That's Putting it, it out there. Know. Putting it well, out that's there. Like, and that's a bunch of things, right? Because I, I think, and, and listen, you know, we talked about it, right? We're going to probably say some things here that may ruffle some feathers. But the bottom line is you hear it all the time. A lot of people complain. They, they talk about home field advantage and they talk about, you know, how the AI favors certain different things. Mm-hmm. You know, look, like I said, I was a rookie last year. This is my first season. I'm sitting at eight and two. I mean, of course, how could you think anything negative, right? Right. But the bottom line becomes, you know, and Gerald has said this, and I believe he said, you know, that it's come from other people in the league and maybe even Cam has said it. You know, if there was a such thing as home field advantage with the AI, everyone would be 500, right? Yeah. So, you know, does it play in from time to time? Sure. But look, every owner, GM, coach, whoever is doing the playbooks and the scouting for their team, they know the work they put into this stuff. 
You're mm -hmm. not going to sit here and tell me that you put in all of that work and you don't want to reap those benefits when you win a game. But if yeah. you lose on the road, you're going to blame the computer. Come on. You know, I mean, that's just, that's crazy. And too many people do it. Too many people. I think I, I love the fact that people take this stuff seriously, but I think that there are way too many people in this league, handful of owners that, you know, don't like to just call it what it is. You know, team loses, they get excuses. Other teams win, they're making excuses. It's okay. Everybody puts in the work, and your record is going to reflect that one way mm -hmm. or the other. You know? mm -hmm. What you can see, as, as I've started to, to get a hold of this a little bit more, you can see the teams that, you know, one or two changes a week, they're pretty much going to roll out what they roll out. And to be honest, I think if it works, uh, then that's one thing, you know, uh, this is not, this is not real football. So it's not anything like real football. If it was, uh, frankly, I'd be a contender, but, um, <laughs> it, uh, I mean, it, it just, it's about putting your players in positions to succeed. And there's not, it, you know, there's not some magic play in the playbook that's going to make generics, uh, beat star players on a regular basis. You know, once in a while they'll make a play, but whatever. Um, and so I think, you know, a lot of the things I'll see, I'll see people say things in chat, people maybe that aren't coaching, don't have the game, haven't done any of that stuff. They'll say some of the football things in chat and okay, on the surface, that makes sense, but the game isn't going to let you implement it, it, it you know, and, and the good ones, Jeremy Vegas, the, uh, the Gerald, certainly, uh, guys like that, they, what they, what they are learning, what they have learned is how to get the playbook to do mostly what they want most of the time. Right. Uh, that's, that's, that's the secret right there. And, Absolutely. And, uh, and it's interesting. It's, it's a chess match. It's, and it, and it, that part is certainly fun. Early on, I was like, oh, I got 19 people here. I don't want to let down. Uh, they've all got my back right now. It's just about, I'm having, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. And we might be in the playoffs. We might not. We certainly, well, I took a big swing last week and it, and it backfired on us, but, uh, you know, whatever. It's okay. Well, yeah, you know, you put the work in and, and you know what you're looking to tweak or, you know, yeah. to, depending on your opponent and stuff. And listen, it's working because, I mean, you guys went on a nice run, right? I mean, it wasn't the greatest start to the season for you guys, but you had a okay. nice, you had a nice run here. And uh, I mean, look, I mean, you're sitting at the 10 seed, you know, you're one of 14, one of five teams that are five and five, but four is actually in, you know, the playoff race if it ended right now. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you would seem to think that the way that it's going, one more win probably definitely puts you guys in. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there is an outside possibility. Could a five and seven team be the 11 seed this year? Sure. And right now with you guys owning a tiebreaker over two of the other four teams, listen, anything can happen. I, 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 oh, I yeah. Do, oh, yeah. I do think that Lone Star makes the playoffs this year. I do. Well, and it's, it, it, we weren't thinking that way. You know, when Charles and I were talking in the off season, we were talking about you know five wins being a good season. Uh, we want to grow. We want to we want to get uh, some of our players progressed a little bit. Then maybe next season we'd be looking at it and saying, okay, now maybe we can make a playoff run. So the fact that we're in the conversation is wonderful. Uh, yeah. Really, and I think you're right. You said uh, could a five and seven. I mean, I think only two teams are mathematically eliminated right now, uh, yes. and that's that Portland and, and London. 
Yes. And, uh, so, yeah, I mean. <laughs> With two weeks to go, no less. So, I mean, it just makes the parity of the league, you know, great. I mean, from all the way to the fact of the top team right now is nine and one and the mm-hmm. 11 seed is five and five. Mm-hmm. But then there's a bunch of teams that are five and five and four and six, and, but you're still very much in this picture with two they're to go. right there. Yeah, they're right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and mixed into that, you've got a couple of those top teams. I mean, you look at a team like Fort Worth, for example. They just beat you guys the heck of the game. Remember what they did to Sioux Falls? I mean, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And yet we beat them twice. And I think matchups come into play, certainly, in some of those situations. But that's another component to all of this. And it makes it interesting. It makes it interesting. It may not be for some of the people that are like, ah, I want to get, you know, they want to get in the playoffs. Or maybe they're not having the season that they hoped they were going to have. But for a fan, if you can kind of set that aside and be a fan, it's a lot of fun. Well, sure. Sure. And, you know, I I think it it goes into play – differently you know i mean you and i've had this conversation when you know you were teaching me stuff about this last year when we were in san jose and it was just a matter of like listen if you want to make changes and you want to tweak things you know you do it incrementally right you're not going to throw seven or eight plays out at a time in your offense and do all of these different things but what happens now is you you got these teams that are on the cusp right you got you you know, hovering right there where if you feel that there's a tweak or something that needs to be made you know it's going to be more opponent-based now than yeah. it is, you know, like, hey, let's see if this works the next four or five weeks for us, you know? Right. So right. teams are going to be making changes right now where maybe it may be the right thing, maybe it's not, you know? And, and trust me, I mean, th- this is why we have a guy like my twin screw. I mean, <laughs> when I came into this league, I, I had told Gerald, you know, I, I want to learn how to coach. I, I want to learn the stuff in the front office. Like, you know, let me dive in head first and then find what my strength is. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, let's do this. Mm-hmm. We drafted my twin screw and Mike joined right on and he was very, very into wanting to coach. And, you know, he scouted for Madison and it was like, hey, mm-hmm. let's do this. You know, Mike immediately surged right past me in picking this stuff up that I told them both. I said, listen, I want to sit in and I still want to learn from the both of you, but by no means do I want to be putting my two cents in here and trying to, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen ain't going to be good. So Mm -hmm. I'm still in all of those meetings when we talk, but, you know, you know, now it's, you know, Mike and I, and, you know, prior, you know, earlier in the season, you know, Gerald would be telling us, hey, listen, you know, this is what we should do and, and this is how you learn it. And Mike was able to throw things right back and talk playbook stuff that I, I still just don't have a grasp on. And I'm not going to throw something out there just to be part of the conversation. So I was listening. Right. And now I have that from Mike because now that Gerald was gone, you know, um, Mike is in full control. Um, and, you know, listen, Mike's Mike's very confident in the foundation that Gerald had laid in the playbook before. So we've had conversations and he's like, listen, you know, we're not reinventing the wheel here. You know, I mean, I'm going to make my adjustments based on opponents like everybody else does. Right. Um, But it's not like we, you know, Mike came in and said, okay, well, I'm, I'm tossing Gerald's playbook, uh, you know, in the canyon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no one's going to do that. So, Um, And he's done done a great job because you can just see it from week to week. Oh, yeah. What it is. You know, listen. (laughs) Yes, we have Reggie Street. Okay. 
you know, let, let's, let's, you know, we're going to say it how it is. Reggie's probably the best back in our game. <laughs> so we, so we I think so. Winning, right. Yeah. So we should be winning. Right. I love the guys that are in general chat. No, oh, Louisiana is just, just Reggie street. Well, if we all acknowledge how great Reggie's player is, shouldn't we be on top? I mean, you yeah. know, Who's gonna Who's gonna have the best back in the game and say, eh, we're gonna let him touch the ball ten to twelve times a game, and you know we'll just win it and see what happens. Right. Of course, we're gonna take advantage of that. And any coach or owner in this league who wouldn't, if they had Reggie Streeter, they're a fool. Come yeah. on, you yeah. know. But you can see it, right? We went into the, we went into the game two weeks ago against Jacksonville, and everybody was saying, oh, all they are is Reggie Streeter. All well, there's Reggie Street. Oh, well, they were the first team to break Reggie's 200-yard streak, right? So he did right. it for five games. He did it for four with a buck 97. But Johnny <laughs> goes out and throws for what he does and six touchdowns. And you're running a lot because Mike knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know? No. And, and we're reaping the benefits from it, of course. Well, you know? I don't know if you heard Dave, if you if you listened to Dave Axe's show, but uh, I, I had that game. And uh, and I said that I, it, it was um, it was a very well done uh, uh, game plan that week and and uh, yeah, yeah it's funny we're talking about a guy having an off game when he only has 197 yards but uh, <laughs> uh, you know it, it, what had to happen to win that game was Johnny had to throw six touchdowns it's just how it worked out and. And because of the game plan, right. he was able to do it. Uh, so it was um, – it, it's good stuff. And, well, that, and that, in my mind, is what – and listen, of course, look, am I jaded? I play for Louisiana. I'm part of the front office. Of course I'm going to say I feel we're the best team in the league. I mean, you know, of yeah. course I'm going to say that. Yeah. But, but I think the results show that. I think exactly what you just said, yes. Even with Reggie running for over 200 yards, we needed – Johnny to throw six touchdowns to win that game. But guess what? When we need it, it happens. It happens. And that's what I think makes us who we are. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm very intrigued to see how the playoffs go. I know obviously Denver and us right now, we're one and two. So chances are it'll have to be a championship game to get us to play each other. But God, would that be sweet because of, you know, I just don't think there is a total down the line, even comparison between the two, the two of us. I do believe that we are a better team. And that's mm -hmm. why I think that we are the best team in the league, because I do think in all facets of the game, we've come through exactly when we needed it. Our, our defense with our turnover differential, I think every defensive back on our team has over five picks Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, it's just amazing. And we've done it against a point. We've beaten Baltimore. Who's the four seed right now. We've yeah. beaten Jacksonville who have the five seed right now, yeah. you know, um, look, Fort Worth played a great game against us. They game planned for it. I don't take anything away from Nacho and Hacker and anybody else who's doing oh, no. anything over there. They played a great game. 
you know, yeah. and our game went the way that it's been, right? We were down big against Jacksonville. We were able to come back. We were down against Fort Worth. We came back and then we gave it up at the end. Hey, kudos to them. There's mm-hmm. no excuses to be made. You know, it, right. we lost. Yeah. Well, I don't think I, uh, Doug and I had a conversation early in the, uh, early in the season on the show. Um, and I asked, I think it was Doug. I asked if, if he thought there was going to be an undefeated team uh, again in the SFL uh, because of, I mean, just since the progression era, and I've said, I've said for a while, well, and not just the progression era, actually, it's less about that and more about roster expansion. Having moved mm-hmm. uh, from 12 to 17 and from 17 to 20, uh, it just feels like there's a lot more variables in there. When you had 12 players, there were – it was kind of a meta, to be honest. The league has done some some adjusting since then. But, I mean, you had teams winning championships with uh, non-contract generics playing, uh, starting in the defensive backfield. Well, you, you, you're not going to do that now. Uh, that, that's not going to happen. Um, and, and so I just – I feel like just the vagaries of the AI and uh, the parity of the league and teams like that, a, an undefeated season – may be it it may not be in the cards and so to have to have one loss two losses that tells you that's it that you got something going on there um and you know there's still yeah. two more weeks um you know the wheels could completely fall off and both of you finish with three or four losses but i don't see that happen uh well maybe not four well listen and i, I, mean, and I, I think that, that that's happen. another part of it right I think a bigger part of it is, is listen, no one is responsible for their schedule, right? I don't, I don't blame teams being what their record is because they play. Yes. There's going to be some teams at 500 or under 500 who may have played winning, you know, winning record teams for, you know, seven or eight of their games. Every time they're playing them, it's Mm -hmm. a winning team. I feel that it was, one of the reasons why, again, I feel it puts us a little bit better. Everyone has to play who's on their schedule. Right. But we've played and beaten teams like Baltimore and Jacksonville. Um, mm-hmm. And look, we, we, lo- we lost to Mexico City. Uh, you know, that was our, our only loss for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you've, got a, you, then you've got a team like Denver who is sitting at number one and, hey, they can't do anything about their schedule. But they've only played one team with a winning record, and they lost. So, look, you have no control over that. You know, no one does. But the the bottom line is you have to play and you have to perform. So am I shocked that Denver is 9-1? and No. Would I be shocked if they were 10-0? and No, because you have to play who you play, right? I mean, you don't get to pick your schedule. Yep. Uh, yeah. Well, and I, it's funny because I started looking at that, and I didn't get, I didn't dig very far into it, but I, I went back and looked at winning percentages on uh, Super Bowl winners, um, or, or strength of schedule. Uh, I'm sorry, strength of schedule on our Super Bowl winners uh, through the NFL through the years. There are an awful lot of Super Bowl winners that had one of the lowest strength of schedules in the entire league for that particular year. The Rams come to mind. Uh, their first championship uh, was uh, against a historically low strength of schedule. Um, it, it, and, you know, it just, it just, it's how it happened. And it, that goes to your point. 
you just have to beat the people on your schedule. And uh, so I, I get, I get why people bring up that and things like that when they talk about those things. Um, what's Denver supposed to do? You know, what, what are they supposed to do? They, they've beaten, they've beaten nine out of the 10 teams they've played. Um, they're going to take it. And so I don't blame them for that. And ultimately to me, it'll prove out if they win the championship, they're going to have to beat some, some uh, worthy teams in order to win. And so you can talk about strength and schedule all you want at that point. If whoever gets it done, gets it done. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because at the end of the day, you know, even when seeding comes into play and tiebreakers and everything, yeah. all you could play is the person on your schedule. And yeah. there are going to be matchups that are going to be tougher than others. I mean, look, mm-hmm. here we are sitting at, we were eight and one. We were the number one scene holding the tiebreaker, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we played, we played a three and six Fort Worth team. Right. But that team was prepared for us. They did their work and did it. No different than, you know, Denver goes out and racks up all the yards some weeks ago against Portland, but they need a last second field goal right. to win the game. Right. So all you can do is play the team in front of you, and it doesn't matter what their record is. Some teams are going to match up better. And if yep. you look at the records, you're going to say there's no comparison between Portland and Denver, but yep. yet Portland's winning that game with just seconds to go. <laughs> and the matchup was good, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, what are you going to do about that? You know, yeah. it's, it's sports. It's, it's why we all do this, right? It's the excitement of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the matchup, the matchup's a very good point. I, um, when we were getting ready for Mexico city, um, Charles, Charles kept saying, uh, I kept telling him his Xbox was broken because he was going, I'm not getting the results you guys are getting. Both Liam Hammer and I were, <laughs> we were, we were stomping on him. And Liam and I were going, it can't be this easy, right? It's not going to be this easy. And then it kind of was, <laughs> right? The Sims went, they went the way, the game went the way the Sims went. Um, and we had a couple others like that. Well, then last week we're playing, you know, when we're getting ready for Queen City, uh, who, much worse record than uh, than Mexico City. The Sims were a disaster, and and I blinked. Yep. Uh, was, uh, hey, everybody, everybody watching was talking about that last drive. Yeah, there wasn't a pass in that formation. I knew what happens like that. And when we came out in that formation, I said, "Okay, sorry, fellas," but yep. um, we were turning the ball over so much in the Sims. No matter what we did that I was just like, you know what, we're going to try to pound this sucker. And if we converted a few more first downs, it would have worked, and that would have been the formation. We would have won it at the end of the game because we would have been running yeah. it out. Queen City was a bad matchup for us. Uh, Mexico City was not. And the difference between those two teams and the schedule is, was pretty stark. Uh, so, yeah, to your point about matchups, matchups are a big deal. They make a big difference sometimes. And that's something, truthfully, sure. I think a lot of times you just can't, you, you can't, uh, you can't break that down by the numbers very well. Uh, but no, no, you can. But ultimately, nobody remembers all of that stuff when the season's over and somebody is <laughs> sitting there with the championship. Uh, I'm sure I don't right. remember anymore, but people, 
we're talking last year, uh, all kinds of stuff. And then now what we know is Atlanta won it. And that's all we need. Right. We'll Absolutely. You know. uh, so two more weeks. Who do you have? Who do you have the last two weeks? We have Portland and Florida. Portland and Florida. Okay. Okay. Uh, Florida will be interesting. They're surging. That'll be interesting. Is it at Florida? Yeah, your last game of the season. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe it's uh, – you know what? I got to check it now, actually. I believe it's at Florida. I think we may be home and then away. Okay. I'm going to have to check. I really need to do a better job but of doing, like, split screen stuff on here when I'm doing this so that I'm not, like, clicking and looking around. Yeah, I'm trying to do the same thing, right? Yeah, so we are home for Portland and at Florida. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I said in the intro uh, that you haven't heard yet, obviously, because the game has, or the show hasn't been produced. I said in the intro, at this point in the season, every game is a big game, isn't it? But with so much playoff positioning and all that stuff going on, I don't – there's not a game I want to miss in the next two weeks. I want to watch them all. I want to watch them all. I mean, I usually do watch them all anyway. I usually do. Well, and like you said, you know, with only two teams mathematically being eliminated, um, yeah. it really m- makes every game mean something, even this coming week, because you're going to have matchups of people who are fighting each other for playoff spots. So, mm-hmm. you know, you can help yourself as well as damage somebody else all in the same game because yeah. you only got two shots at it at this point to, you know, to make the playoffs. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Well, those two teams that are eliminated, they still get to, Raise uh, raise hell if they uh, <laughs> you know if they they upset some people so uh, so yeah there's this you can't can't blink uh, on the subject of playoffs do you think we should have fifty percent of the teams in the league in the playoffs how do you feel about having eleven teams in there uh you know I I like it because of the parity that we have right now. So I think mm-hmm. for, for right now to see that amount of teams in the, in the playoffs, um, I think it's good for the league because chances are everyone's going to be 500 or above. I mean, you always run the risk of just the way the schedule shakes out that, you know, number 11 mm-hmm. may be a game under 500, but especially expecting expansion next year and things going, you know, it, right. it makes the season worth it. And I'm sure that has something to do with the league. I mean, I've never asked Cam directly, but I would only assume that at this point right now, if we were only sitting with eight teams making the playoffs, let's say, or anything like that, you mm-hmm. could have had a majority of the league know maybe even two weeks ago, you know, we're out of it. You know, Um, and the whole idea is league participation, right? So it's not, we don't really suit up and go and play. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're on it, if if you know your team's been out for a while or you're new to the league or you haven't been around for a while, you don't want it to be something that also makes you lose interest and say, all right, well, worry about it next year or, you know, whatever, you know, next season. Um, So I think on a league standpoint, I think it's smart because I think it keeps people engaged. Um, the people who are really into it, 
uh, like yourself, me, or plenty of other people in the league who follow it very closely because of our roles with our organizations and just fans of the league in general. Mm-hmm. Those people are going to watch it to the end. You know, I mean, I'd be following it and doing it just what I was if we were sitting there at two and eight instead of eight two. Right. Um, just because I, I just love, you know, you know, my role, what I'm doing, and 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 I, I love the idea of the league. But you could have those avid fans that just like seeing themselves on TV. Yeah. Yeah, they mean called. And, uh, you know, if next thing you know, hey, I'm the early Saturday game and I could be going out or I got a family thing or I'm working or whatever the case is, I think it just becomes very secondary mm-hmm. if you're out of it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I'm real happy that only two teams are out of it with two weeks to go because oh, I mean, yeah. that, that literally, you know, that's, that's leaving 20 teams fighting for something um, with two weeks to go. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, that, that's a really good point. And, uh, you know, let's be honest, uh, some people, if they're out of it, you could see maybe the coach is not putting quite as much into it. Um, things like that. Yep. And you wouldn't want that happening. Now, you know, we know the guys, you know, Dustin Zach, for example, calling the offense in London. You know he's not going to mail it in. Uh, he's going to be working hard. And uh, Tanner Hendricks is going to be working hard in London. Uh, the Portland guys are going to be working hard because they've got pride. Oh, absolutely. Competitive. Yep. Uh, but, and especially the bigger the league gets, uh, I could see if we had some teams knocked out a couple of weeks ago, uh, you might kind of see, you might see some ugly football. You know, you just might see yeah. people turn in their playbooks without any changes, without any adjustments at all. It could happen. It could happen. I probably shouldn't sure. speculate on what might happen, but I I do like no, it. But- I like it this way. I like everybody being not everybody, but but you know, most of the league is still still fighting for it. So that's pretty good. That is pretty good. Um, You brought up a couple things I want to touch on, but we are going to take a short break. Going to refill the the whiskey or whatever it is you're drinking. And uh, I'm not going to say whether or not that's what I'm drinking, but it might be. And we will be back. So hang in there, folks. You've been listening to the Coach's Corner Podcast with Coach Brian Craven, an epic eSports radio network exclusive. If you enjoyed today's show, tell a friend. Make sure never to miss an episode by subscribing to Epic eSports on YouTube or downloading on Spotify. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to enable all notifications so you never miss our newest content. Thank you for listening.